dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. Another Thursday podcast, Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. You can't make this up podcast episode. Uh, <laughs> 167. There you go, bro. There you go. Bro, yeah. we taping another Thursday podcast because obviously you got plans this weekend. Man, I am this this the month of hell for me, man. I'm a well, I don't say that. This is a month of busyness. Okay. Um, I got a black tie, black tie tomorrow. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> so definitely gonna have to turn that thing up. That's probably my one favorite event of the year. Um, that's always solid. And then I got a baby shower. Okay. Believe it or not, got booked for a baby shower doing that Saturday morning. Okay. And I'm on the highway to the ATL. ATL Shorty. Down there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So okay. Take care of business? Yes. Or pleasure? Business. <laughs> Speaking, of black tie. <laughs> Speaking of black tie, we got my brother, Mike Wilson, all yeah. the way from H-Town yeah. slash Cincinnati. This guy, you know you talk about people that took care of you when you was in college or yeah. took care of you when you was in the military. For sure. This is one of the guys that took care of me when I was at Wright State. Brother Mike Wilson, what's good? Yeah. Talking to the mic. There man, you go. Nah, I'm happy to be here, man. Uh, yeah. Black tie. Yeah, hey, man. Had to be here. That's why you in had, town? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I like course. it. I like it. We yeah. got out of town. It's coming. That's yeah. a fact, man. So you living in Houston now, coming back to Wright State, what does that mean to you? Um, It's almost like a second family to me. Um. A lot of people helped raise me at Wright State, like you were saying. I helped, you know, raise you. Um, it was a lot of people that played a, a very influential part in my life. So just coming back and touching home again and getting ready to have a good time. Turn up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna Let be my hair down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> yeah, man. Mike is one of those dudes who's a great storyteller, man. So I I want him I want him to tell the story about how he actually got to Wright State from Cincinnati. Can you explain that? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember. I don't remember. How, how did I get to Wright State? Hmm. It'll, I got to think about that. It'll come to you. I'm old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're getting up there, bro. But, but I will say this. You play a part in a lot of great stories <laughs> that have happened to me. I can see that. Yeah. I can see over uh, time. I, I can see twenty-year-old Kev being a lot different than forty-year-old Kev. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like road tripping to North Carolina. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Um. Cadillac. <laughs> that's a little haul too. That's a, that's a little ride. Ain't it? Is that a ride, Kev? It's a ride and a half, bro. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, this one I know you got. I know you got this in the sleeve. I know you got this in the chamber. <laughs> so many from there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the Nate Perry story. Ooh, the tap. The <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we went to Greensboro. We're in Greensboro. Okay. Went to see Matt. Yeah. At UNC Greensboro. Having a good time, walking around the dorms, uh, meeting random 
young co-ed. <laughs> nice, so, nice. So come to find out, there's a party. Fiesta, fiesta. <laughs> we say, hey, we're going to get fresh, go in the party, show them how we do Ohio Talk style. to the mic, talk to the mic. We're going to go in the party, show them how we do Ohio style. Yeah. Go in the party, it's thick, it's hot, it's sweaty. College shit. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> For all my peoples out there that went to a barn party at Central, that's how it was out in North Kagalaga that evening. So, my frat brother, my line brother, Nate, decides he's going to dance with a young lady. Now, mind you, Nate is one of the worst dancers in history. He has no rhythm, um, can't catch the beat, nothing. But I guess he was feeling it. So, Nate, out of town, baby. Out of town. Yeah, yeah, for right. sure. So Nobody knows who I am. Let me do this. He's Steph Curry. He's shooting. <laughs> he walks up on the young lady. She's dancing with her back to him. So he's like up on her or whatever. She feels that he can't catch the beat either. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody has ever seen the movie, what's the? Uh, <laughs> the Wood. The Wood. <laughs> when old girl pats him and says, I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what she did to Nate. She turned around and I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> Bro, what made it so bad is because Nate, like, just getting up on a girl dancing like yeah. that. Was like, was, whoa. Yeah, like, totally out of character. Yeah. Not not playing my boy like he was a square or nothing <laughs> like that. But, you know, him says, man, man, we out of town. We about to turn up. Like, okay, we'll shoot. Do you? Yeah. So me, Mike, and his brother, AP, are just, like, kind of watching, like, and all like, yeah, like, like this okay, is happening? this is happening. And we looking, and it's like not going well. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not how it's supposed to look. But he up in there, he making it happen. And then when she gave him the look, the tap, <laughs> bro, we hit the floor, dog. Oh man, out there looking like Nick Cannon and uh, what's that? Love don't cost. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that road trip has some some stories. You videotaping the fight at the gas station. Oh, I forgot about that. I got to find that tape, man. Yeah, the car I about find. to get told from NC State. <laughs> okay, I got this one. <laughs> so we at NC State. We out there hanging out. This is in what? NC State's what? Raleigh. 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 So we out there. It's just, a different trip? The no, same, it's the same, same okay. trip. So okay. the, baby, we all over North Carolina. Yeah. We, we, went to, we went to Duke. Like we My went, <laughs> we went to a lot of places in North Carolina, but this particular part of the trip, we was in Raleigh, and it was move-in day. So yeah. people is coming, going. We seeing all the co-eds. Mm -hmm. We like, oh man, it's gonna be jumping down here tonight. Man, da, da, da. man just, 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 just park somewhere. So we just parked somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God we decided to come back to the car when we did, cause yeah. we. Oh, he was, on he his was way? about to take us out. Oh. He was about to take the whip, the rental. Yo. The rental. That would have been crucial, huh? Dude. You know we ain't had no damn money. No backup, yeah. No backup, <laughs> no money. We was about to be SOL. I don't even remember how we taught them out of We told them like we're from Ohio, you know, we don't go to school here, we go somewhere else, we don't have money for that, yada, yada, yada. And I think he just took sympathy on us and was like, Man. All right. Let the Since y'all here right now. <laughs> right, because it was about to be super ugly, yeah. super ugly. Kev, you DJing tomorrow night. I am, man. Tell Brother Wilson what you got in store, man. Yeah, let me hear this. So, you know, any good chef never tells <laughs> what he put in the pot, right? Right. Just know that if you went to college in the 90s, if you went to 
You know, if you was semi-grown, had a little money in your pocket in the early 2000s, if you uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, 50 Cent, you know, uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, you know, we, we're just going to, we're going to ride a wave. I like to, these are the parties for me where there's the possibility of a 25-year-old in there, there's a possibility of a 45-year-old in there. Mm. And for me to be able to touch on everybody having a good time and not feeling one-sided, normally the older crowd arrives first, right? Mm-hmm. So so we, we go into the bag with some, you know, ghost face, and, you know, we take a ride. Turn the, the, the way I like to turn, explain it is back, you know, in the day we used to take the Berg, and you would just spend days going up and down Gettysburg, doing nothing but ride up and down Gettysburg listening to music. So... We're going to ride the bird at this party, man. It's going to be a good time. Oh, boy. I promise it's going to be a good time. I mean, I mean, there are not too many guarantees in life, <laughs> but this is almost but a guarantee that this is going to yeah. be. And the, and the numbers sound like they're going to be fire. Oh, you got a number? No, oh, I'm, I'm just saying. Off, from what off we, mic. Off yeah. mic. Give me from, a number count off mic. <laughs> from what we've heard of uh, pre-sale, I, I, I did some, you know how sometimes you got to stalk Facebook for some answers. <laughs> I kind of dug deep in the black tie, the black tie account, and just kind of started reading, you know, some comments and just trying to catch a vibe. Sometimes for me, I get y'all a little, a little hidden gem. Sometimes for me, I'll see posts where it's like Tupac or Biggie. Mm-hmm. And then that post might get into conversations where it's touching on artists and I'm, it might ring a bell for me. So that kind of energy from people, all it makes me do is get into my laptop and let me put some of these songs over here so I can find them when I need them. You know, let me let me organize some thoughts because it's a chance to touch on a lot of music at this party. So yeah, yeah. I don't have to just play, you know, a certain vibe. So. Yeah, it's funny you say that because Young A. Dizzle was with me in the studio. And uh, thanks to you again yeah. for helping me create a, a good catalog for our noon throwback Yeah, I've been listening feature. too. I'm we listening lev- today. We leveling up a little bit, and uh, he he gave me a gem. Uh, remember that joint, Young L.A., ain't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. be on the lookout for that joint yeah. uh, debuting back on the new. That might throwback. be on uh, an upcoming uh, thing I have. Uh, I, I, I dug deep for this one. Okay, so. you got that one particular song that we discussed, right? Definitely do. From our entrance, Definitely right? do. Okay, Definitely. Cool, cool, what time cool. was that? Tw- about about oh, midnight-ish. Okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah, the boy will be there. The boy will be there. Black Tie Weekend. <laughs> big facts, big facts. Mike, how did you grow up, man? Tell the people how you grew up in Cincinnati, man. Um, I grew up in a housing project called the Fay Apartment. Um, and then we moved once I got to middle school out to Coleraine Township. Um, but the Fay Apartment is always home to me. Every time I come home, um, I go back. Uh, just to walk around, see, smell, touch, you know, a little bit to, yeah. to get that feeling again. Um. Then I went to uh, All Boys Private Catholic High School called LaSalle High School, um, greatest high school on the planet. Yeah, I knew it was coming sooner or later. <laughs> I mean, we just produced greatness in Cincinnati. That's all. <laughs> um, but no, nah, that's where I went. Um, I didn't want to go. My older brother went there, and my mother pretty much was like, hey, that's your, that's your only option. You know, you either go there or you get out of my house. So Damn. I was like, all myself. right, I'll, uh, I'll go to LaSalle. You yeah, know, I wasn't too keen on the all boy thing, but it was cool. So I, it was so cool. I want to touch on that because I've always wondered, as a as as vulnerable of a teenager as I was, you know, how hard is like is it how hard of it to like focus when you hormones is going crazy? You know, um, like it's just not you're not around, so you're not thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, you're much? not you're not thinking about it. And actually, it became a lot easier because I mean, nasty as it may sound, 
You can fart in class. You, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. do whatever. You can be a guy. Yeah. A lot of stuff that you wouldn't want to do around a, a young lady, you can get away with it at, yeah. at an all-boys school. So it made it, you know, you don't have to care how you dress. Yeah, yeah. You weren't trying to impress nobody. Um, so it was it was easy. It made it easier to learn. It made the environment, you know, more conducive for learning because, yeah. you know, you're not worried about all the, the other stuff. See, I only had the experience of military, and I went to an all-male basic training, but that was nine weeks. And I know how I came out of the pocket in San Antonio with three <laughs> months' worth of paychecks that I ain't touched <laughs> and weekends off, you know what I'm saying, after being nine weeks of, of learning how to be a soldier, you know. So wild and crazy weekend, you know, you can imagine how that went. But, like, to me it would just seem like – High school, just, man, that's when I was really charged. You know, like really <laughs> trying to holler at everything that walked by that had some some shape, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was just wild and crazy. So it just, to be going through four years of that, I mean, obviously you would get, it's, it's a, you get accustomed to, you know, different lifestyle. Yeah. But it just, to me, it would just seem like tough. It, it was at first. The thing that was extremely tough for me was the cultural thing because my freshman year, we only had six blacks in the whole high school. Yeah. And one of them was my brother, so I lived with him. The other was my <laughs> best friend, so... <laughs> and the other three really didn't know they were black. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> right. you know, you see them in the hallway and be like, hey, what's up? And they just keep walking. Yeah. You're like, well, damn. Hey, Mike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you say what's up, they'd be like, hey, what's up? You know, and you'd be like, all right. You know, so that was kind of tough at first because, you know, in my neighborhood, we had one white person that I knew of and yeah. he didn't really come out the house that much. Yeah. Um. So that was tough at first. But then I start being exposed to different things like, you know, different music, mm-hmm. um, even going out with a couple of my friends and, and playing golf or, you know, doing certain things, Yeah, which I still do now, you know, which I'm, I'm grateful for it mm-hmm. almost now, you know? So it was, it was cool. It was cool. Um, still friends with, with some of those dudes, yeah. you know, but it was, it was cool. Growing up in Cincinnati was, was different. Yeah. It was a little different. I got a, I got a buddy that went to Miami of Ohio and, uh, when I got out of the military, I was working for the post office and uh, had some bread living at home still. So um, I would spend most of my weekends, pretty much every weekend of his senior year, I was driving up to Oxford to the point where people thought I went there and now they would see me so much. They'd be like, well, I'll never see you there in a week. And I'll be in my studies. Man. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm trying to get out of here, you know. And I just – but I appreciated the Miami was at that time was less than 10% black, you know. So the, the, the going from an upbringing of quote-unquote – the hood or like, you know, just a, a black, a black upbringing and, you know, around me, it was just going to there. And like, all you heard was like more top 40 and you know, people were having, mm-hmm. having, having a different type of good time, you know, but it was still a good time. So I appreciated that kind of experience, but not experience. I got to experience the fun side of college, you know, like the, but just it would have been with a different atmosphere. You had to do the people. fucking work. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I still ate off his food card. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming the transition to go to the right state wasn't as difficult since you had went to LaSalle. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, it was it was actually real easy. Um, my best friend from another, he had went to a, a all-black high school in Cincinnati. It was kind of a struggle for him. What, he went Hughes? He went to Aiken. Oh. Mm. <laughs> he went to Aiken. Mm. So it was, kind up, of, <laughs> it was kind of a struggle for him. Um, he had never been around, you know, that many people who weren't black. Yeah. Um, so we were roommates freshman year in Pine Hall, and it was a lot of times he'd come home from class like, man, I can't do this. I can't do it. <laughs> and after his first year, that was it. He was like, I'm I'm gone. And I'm like, well, maybe you should transfer to HBCU. Maybe that. Yeah. But he was like, nah, I'm, I'm good, period. He was one um, and done? Yeah, he was one and done. Mm. 
Timothy Zion. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it wasn't a struggle. It wasn't a struggle. Um, and actually meeting some of the people, meeting majority of the people, black people at Wright State when I came. All thirteen of them. All sixteen <laughs> and a half. It was real beneficial because I had become being at LaSalle, I had learned various forms of music uh, other than hip-hop, R&B, or whatever. And it had got to a point where my hip-hop and R&B knowledge or what I was consuming musically was just surface level, whatever was on the whiz at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I started meeting people from Cleveland, started meeting people from all over, and they would play other music, I'm like, damn, shit is hot. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin was never one of those people. But <laughs> Please. Because, oh, on a side note, story. Do you remember you and I had the slow jam competition? <laughs> not and the I most recent. Got to hear no. And I crushed no, you. you got didn't. to hear this. No, you did not. <laughs> and I crushed you. No, you did not. One, he had a partial judge. <laughs> so is this hold, like. Hold on. <laughs> she she the, married now and she got a kid. Hey, it was a partial judge. I ain't say nothing. It was a partial okay, judge. I, was, I got a question about that. What time frame are we talking? We're talking like press, play, and record and, and recording songs. We're talking about making playlists and putting them on a CD. What are playlists on the diskette? On the disc. Okay. So it was My who fault. could put together the best slow jam mix? But what was the rule? It either had to be like a. Like a love making CD or like yeah. a chick you just smash. Yeah, you went to lovey dovey. I went to the. <laughs> <laughs> I won. Nigga, please. She was partial, but let me tell you, if we would have got a, a, a around the way hoodie ready, I'd have won. But you had uh, the judge was a a good girl, <laughs> and I respect it. And I knew what she liked. And I don't know about <laughs> told See? I knew it inside school rigged because. <laughs> Rigged. I was going over there like <laughs> right. Her apartment in College Park was like right next. Was that no the village? Bill, the village was Bill. right next to mine. So I knew what she liked anyway. I was going over there all the time. See, see <laughs> to go over Bible scripture. <laughs> but so I knew the game I knew. is rigged. Yeah, and then the most recent one we had. Remember AP had me and you. Do? Yeah, I would have won that one too. I give you that one. <laughs> yes, I give you that one. My my R and B game is subpar nowadays. I give you that. Right, because you, you want to have stuff like Jacquees. <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> in the club, never, <laughs> never, <laughs> never, no Jacquees on this playlist ever. How did Wright State change from when you first got there until when you finished up? When I first got there, majority of the black people were trying to be real buttoned up, and and I get it. You know, you want to, I don't want to say fit in because it makes it sound a little bad, but you want to put out there a certain, uh, you want people to view you a certain way. Mm -hmm. When I first got there, everybody was real buttoned up and, and trying to assimilate and trying to fit in and all that. I can honestly say my second year when you all came in, you, Craig, that group, it started changing. For the better. They let the niggas in. <laughs> they went, they they let, I feel that. They went to the hood and got the, got the kids that were still doing 3.5. You know hey, we in here, cuz. <laughs> it, it was actually cool for me to see because it was like, okay, we got some niggas in here and they're they're okay with their appearance. They're okay with if I got on baggy shit, J's, whatever. 
everybody before that, when I first got there, because I would come up a little bit before that, because I, I had a cousin who went to Wright, Wright State before she went there. And even back then, everybody wanted to be super buttoned up, Tommy, like, tucked mm -hmm. in the khakis and all that. Eastlands. Like on some, right, on some Carlton <laughs> shit. And Eastlands. Damn, Tommy back. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It really made me feel good to see y'all come in and be like, we're going to do shit our style, our way, and we're still going to succeed and achieve and do what we're supposed to do in school. So that shit was so dope to me. Yeah. Um, and DC and I had a conversation not too long ago. When I was, I told him, I was like, I really value like how y'all work. Like I really appreciated how y'all work as opposed to the ones that were before us. Cause I was like, these niggas whack. <laughs> like, because I, I know that because of where you're from and I, I, we have a lot in common because I know how you grew up and the schooling that you went to, but that isn't where you're from. Right. So it's kind of like, it's a, I don't know the right word for it. Like, you see the, the best of both worlds. You see every side of the coin. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I got there, I I was always raised in a position where my mom taught me to be yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change for anybody. If this is who you are, this is who you are. Like, uh, self-expression, it was, like, a major thing in my household. Like, my mom, she's, like, a, a ex-hippie. You know what I'm saying? Like, she listened to Jimi Hendrix. She listened to rock and roll, like, when everybody else was listening to the Motown. Like, she listened to that, but she was heavy into Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that and the doors and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So self-expression, liking what you like as a person, just because these people tell you this is what you're supposed to like, but doesn't mean anything. Like what you like, do what you want to yeah. do, be who you want to be. Yeah. Like, that's how I was raised. So, like, when I got to Wright State and I would, like, one day I would wear – Tommy down to the socks, Carlton look. Then the yeah. next day, it's a jersey and, and a hoodie and some baggy jeans. It's just whatever. Yeah. Like, but then, as a kid, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing me because that's the way I was taught. Just like, do you. Dress how you want to dress. Mm -hmm. Whatever goes. It yeah. don't matter. Like, it's not a big deal. But, like, seeing it now as an adult, I see what you were talking about. I see what you're saying. Like, well, when uh, me, you, and Jimmy had these conversations about hair and uh assimilating to culture and fitting in and dressing the right way talking the right way looking the right type of way i understand what y'all saying now if y'all would have told me that then i wouldn't have been able to understand it right. Mm -hmm. right i used to always wear my little sweater vest and get clowned my little cutoff sweater vest and Thinking I'm having my guns out but wasn't no guns <laughs> and i used to i mean like people used to always clown me though but it that's me. Yeah. I, it was that or the sport I was in is warm up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sweats and some some slides, you know, and call it a day. I wanted to ask you, man, um, you're in a fraternity, correct? Yes, sir. Talk about what that impact is in, in, for a college student, you know, to, to decide to go down that road. Um, for me, my story is a little different from a lot of people. What made me want to do it? Um, I actually wanted to become a part of Cap Alpha Psi when I was in sixth grade. Okay. Uh, or I take it back, I'm sorry, seventh grade. Um, my mother was sick at the time, and my sister was a student at Central State. Okay. And so my mom got sick, and my sister had to leave school to come home and take care of my brother and I. And one Saturday, and it's snowing crazy outside, one Saturday, my brother and I walked to the store. We come back, and there's a, a car sitting there. So we like, uh, we don't own a car. Yeah. So we like, who is this? So we go in the house, two guys sitting in there, um, 
with Kappa jackets on. And they had collected money and food mm-hmm. for us. They knew my sister. They went to school with my sister. Uh, and they knew what she was going through. Yeah. And so that really hit me then. And I remember them leaving. And I asked my sister, I was like, what are they? And she was like, oh, they're Kappas. And I was like, okay. All I knew, I kept saying, it's a K-A and a funny looking Y. That's yeah. all I kept saying. Yeah. And she was like, they're Kappas. And I was like, well, how do I do that? And she was like, you got to go to college. One, I knew right then I wanted to go to college. Dope. Two, I knew when I went to college, that's what I wanted to be. Um, and it was a matter of having somebody help me because before that, my mother had done everything. Mm-hmm. I had never seen anybody take time out of their own schedule to help me personally. So right then I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to help people. And so when I got to college, uh, I knew right then I, uh, Paris was on campus. Donnell was on campus. Uh, a bunch of Dr. older campus. Gregory, that's yep. my guy. Um, he'll be here this weekend. Oh, for sure. And uh, <laughs> and so I sought him out, you know, um, when I was on campus, when I first got there. And I told him then, like, hey, this is what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. Yeah. And they're like, okay. So with that, um, a lot of people, a lot of college students, for whatever reason, they'll join a fraternity. Once they graduate or leave school, that's it. Yeah. Uh, me currently, I'm still active um, in the process of chartering a chapter, a graduate chapter down in Pearland, Texas, where I live. Nice. Um, and my big thing is I help as much as I can, uh, mentor, uh, actually a a couple kids, uh, that are in high school down there. Um, if people look at my Instagram, they always see I'm doing stuff like United Negro College Fund, uh, walk a couple weeks ago. Um, just my thing is I just want to help as much as I can in the name of Kappa. Yeah. Um, and even if I wasn't a Kappa, I would want to help period. Mm -hmm. Um, cause so. Throughout the years, you know, there are some people who've done things for me. And so another big part was when I became a Kappa, I had some struggles, you know, life. My mom was constantly sick in and out of the hospital mm-hmm. and having struggles. And those guys looked out for me then also. So it's always been a want to give back thing. Um, some people get into it for the stepping. Oh, yeah. Some cats get into it for the holes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and I've come across all of them. Yeah. I got some guys that I've crossed with that. It doesn't mean anything to them now. And I'm fine with that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, it's a, something personal to everybody, you know, whatever you decide to do. Um, so I think it's a great thing. It shows, it builds, you know, certain things in you that you can carry with you throughout life. Yeah. Um, a lot of things I learned while I was pledging, I call back on them and recall them. When I'm going through a tough time. I might recite something in my head and be like, oh, shit, okay, that'll get me through. Yeah. Um, or whatever. And it's cool when you meet a stranger, like, in the airport today, a dude walked up and was like, what's up, Newt? Hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, a lot of times I don't want to do it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when people tell me their name, like, hey, I'm such and such and such, such chapter, I forget that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that quick. Yeah. And Jimmy and I talk about it all the time. Like, me and Jimmy will be out, we'll meet a person, they'll be like, hey, I'm such and such and such. And two seconds, I'm like, what he say his name was? <laughs> like, I don't know. And we just keep on going. But it's, it's, it's cool. Everybody yeah. has their own use and benefit of, of Greek life. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I mean, I've always admired it. I, I've never got an opportunity to ever, you know, experience it, but my wife went uh grad chapter to SG row. Okay. So Indiana I, love. So I get to, uh, I get to see kind of on the outskirts of kind of, you know, they all have a store. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that. I don't want to be disrespectful when I, you know, say they. But like the <laughs> so, sorority fraternity, everybody got a story. Everybody got a purpose, and everybody's driving towards a common goal to better us. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just uh, admire the whole thing. Yeah, so. it's 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 yeah. cool. Process, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Um, but one thing, another thing that goes back to to, to Kev, when we were pledging, like my line brother uh, was roommates with Kev. Okay. I think I was spending more time over at their apartment because of Kev to see Kev than I was my line brother. Yeah. Um, Kev was just my guy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, even though he put me out the house, that's another story. <laughs> put me out the house for beating him. What? Oh, we were playing. We here we go. I, we were, I thought we was going to get through this without this, but go ahead, bro. He got to go. <laughs> he got to go, bro. <laughs> hey, look, man. Look, I'm going to put it just like this. Before he tells the story, my aunt, I, <laughs> I'm a sore loser. Yeah. Yes. I Nintendo Tecmo Bowl. I uh, used to, I, I, when I was about to lose, I used to nudge that bitch. <laughs> oh, and cut off. Sorry. Like I was that guy. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I'm losing the Mortal Kombat. Pull the controller out the wind. I was I was that guy. Yeah. Ask my my brother. I was that guy. And to this day, I'm that guy. I do not like to lose, especially at video games, and especially in this fashion. <laughs> Kevin and I <laughs> were sitting around in College Park playing. Was it the college? Yes. College football. Yes. The greatest game ever. Kevin is beating me. Per usual. Come on, man. <laughs> Kevin so happened to be beating me at this point. Last play of the game. I think I'm, what, on my own 20? So I need to go 80 yards to score. Yeah. I didn't call a Hail Mary. I didn't call a slant. I ain't call nothing. What did I call, Kevin? A screen pass. Screen pass, bro. That goes 80 yards for a touchdown. And how does Kevin respond? Martin style. Get out. Get out. Get out. Put him out. Put him out. This is is my brother. I've never, Kevin has never talked to me in that way in my life. And I felt a certain way like, damn. But he was like, get out. Get out. It's okay. It's okay. Bruh, look, of course you throw a Hail Mary. Of course you yeah. throw all streaks. Or you at least highlight a route to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, something. So I play prevent. I push everybody back. Everybody just get back, get back, get back. I don't know funny business. Isn't it? Catch it. And it's just a wall of linemen just in front of him the whole way and just mauls everybody and he walks right into the end zone with zeros on the clock. I've never seen anything like that. Now, I've had my share of crazy comeback victories. I've come back from 21 down in the fourth quarter to beat people before. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had some some doozies. But I've never seen a freaking screen pass from the 20 at goes the bu- to the house. At the buzzer. With yes. zeros on the clock. Because I mm. scored basically yeah. with, like, Five seconds on so, the clock. So you talking big like, shit. I'm like, I, I got him. I got him. Because I ain't go front. Mike beat me more than I beat him. Yes. And this was about to be a nice little victory, a little feather yeah. in my cap. It was <laughs> when kick, you need it. Yeah, kick off the weekend the right <laughs> way. Yeah, like, we about, oh, it's about to be lit, lit. Dude. It was a party tonight. I'm talking shit at the party. I'm doing it all. And it just didn't go my way, man. Mm. It just did not go my way. That's why I refuse to buy a gaming console now. Like, I just... Yeah, I, I don't spend own so one. much yeah, time. I'm on in it. retirement. I'm, yeah. I'm happily retired. I'm cool with my, you know, about Madden 
08 was about it for me. About <laughs> <laughs> gave it up. I started having kids. I gave it up. So. The only other time Kev and I don't really see eye to eyes. Uh oh. Duke and Syracuse. Okay. <sighs> now was this the story about the the gentleman that got to go to the floor? No. There's somebody that you know that got to go like they got to go up there and go to the floor and walk in. Oh, yeah. this is him. Yeah. Okay, this is him. So okay. I'm a Duke fanatic. Yeah, yeah. Tell I, him, tell I, him how you became a Duke fan. So I became it's a Duke a disgrace, fan. By the way, <laughs> I, I became a Duke fan based off of starter jackets. <laughs> so everybody in Cincinnati would go down to Cook Sports downtown Cincinnati to get starter jackets. Yeah, I was young at the time, smaller than everybody else. My brother got the Chicago Bears and. South Carolina Gamecock. Mm-hmm. Only one they had would fit me was Duke. <laughs> had no damn clue what Duke was, where, what. I had no idea. But I would wear it. Yeah. It cool. Start starter jacket, you good. That's it. You're People good. would ask me, what's Duke? <laughs> I had one dude named Melvin Galloway. Wherever you at, fuck you, Melvin. <laughs> Melvin Galloway Elementary School was like, oh, that's fake. That's fake. Duke ain't even a real team. I'm like, it is. They, I got it. So... <laughs> Look at, time, look at them now. <laughs> time passes. Time passes. And my uncle would always take uh, a bunch of us to the Pacers game, okay. to see a Pacers game. I'm there to see the Pacers play. I go to use the restroom. Got my jacket on. Older white guy says, um, oh, you a Duke fan? I was like, honestly, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's a college. They got a good basketball team. You should start checking them out. Okay. Start checking them out. And just fell in love with him. Yeah. From the time I was, you know, like seventh grade. Um, Kevin plays a very intricate part in <laughs> strengthening my love for Duke. <laughs> that same North Carolina trip. Maybe Kev don't know this. Did you know you are the reason I decided to go on that trip? No. I was at Target <laughs> in the parking lot and you called me. No. My brother had a cell phone. Somehow I talked to you. I was at Target and you were like, um, we're going to North Carolina. And I was like, you were like, we should, you should go. I was like, nah, I ain't going to go. And you said, we could probably stop by Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, I'm going. <laughs> I'm on the way. Right. Well, anyway, getting to Duke um, and Kev, there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, not to get too serious. There are three times in my life that Kev was there that are important to me. Mm-hmm. Being at Duke was probably number one. <laughs> That's number one. We went to Duke and ran. Remember me and you sprinting yes. across the field at Duke? Then AP smoked us. <laughs> then sitting outside of Cameron Indoor. Like a kid in a candy store. Dude. He was looking like this. He, we couldn't get in. The doors. I was ready I like, to catch a charge. Like, <laughs> so I didn't catch a case. Tried every door that you could. Yep. Right? And Kev was there with me. That's number one. I, I probably shouldn't say that's number one, but it's number one. <laughs> Still, it's terrible. Uh, when I got married, he was there. <laughs> he was there. Um, we had some difficulties with the music. Yes, but, yes, we definitely but, did. But he got it. Hey, we was all right. Was this the <laughs> spill? No, yes, that was the spill. Uh, somebody spilled uh, something on my computer. Yeah. Thank goodness it still worked. Yeah. And there was no run through. <laughs> yeah. Show this nigga we good, man. Yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay. And mind you, <laughs> yeah. I'm not 
technically is this when you had just got yeah, there? Like, yeah, this kinda, was like my nigga want me to come do the joint. I'm gonna go do the joint. So I'm like, hey, I learned in a month. It's cool. It's nothing. And I was good. I was like, all right, I got my playlist. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. Uh-huh. But then when I got there, she was not working out. I was like, uh oh, I'm about to ruin my dude. Jump. No, nah, we was good. We made it through. We yeah. made it through. We 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 were there. We had liquor. We was on the boat, so we was good. Yeah, we we're good. We're in NYC, so we had a good time. Yeah, man, it was a good time. Man. But um, the five faces that were there, Kev was one of them. Uh, at my wedding, him, my older brother Kevin, also, uh, my nephew Christian, and uh, DC and Jimmy. That was the second, one. and the third one was at my mother's funeral. The first five faces when I walked in the church, I saw he is my brothers, DC, Jimmy, and my nephew Christian. So he's been there, you know, in some some pivotal times for me yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, but Duke is number one. Um, <laughs> I love Duke unlike anything else, but when Syracuse and Duke play, it's oh, a little something that's, different. Oh, I yeah. Know, I know that's a week worth of talk, right? And, Ooh, build up. And, no, not really. No, not, not, not really. Because really. y'all Just, know it get out of hand because I've done post it game. twice. Post game. Post game. It goes in <laughs> right like the, you know, normally it's like, like probably the first one's like on a Monday night. Yeah. So it's like, especially this past one, this past one, they uh, Duke beat Florida State at the buzzer. Can't ready shit the three at the buzzer. Cuse mm-hmm. got smoked by like 30 or 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who they were playing, but they got smoked. So obviously I'm in my shell. I'm trying to like, and I'm looking at, oh, shoot, we got Duke on Monday. I'm like, I'm not saying shit. Right? <laughs> so the game about to come on. I'm like, mm, he ain't saying shit. He's being nice. Okay. I sit him like, all right, let's get it on. He's like, yeah, yeah nigga. <laughs> and this nigga Zion, holy cow. Like this dude was just, he was like almost like, 20 for 20 from the field. He was going bananas. Yeah. But luckily for us, that particular game, my boy Tyus Battle came to play, had a big game. We was able to win in overtime. Mm-hmm. Then the next game, they beat us at the Dome, and then they beat us in the ACC tournament game. Mm-hmm. But I was at the uh, first game, Syracuse uh, played versus Duke in the Dome where we won that game. So, nice. And I know that's the first. If Duke loses, I know – when my phone rings, I know the first call. It's gonna be one or two people. It's gonna be him, or it's gonna be my my boy who loves Duke too. And he's just he's always angry anyway. So he'll call me. We can win by thirty. He's like, man, what the fuck they doing? You know. But if Syracuse beats him, I know. Yeah, that's the first call I'm getting. Me and you my me know. and my homeboy, we had a real mellow Monday night conversation about seven forty five, like. What's up, man? <laughs> Somebody gonna be on four, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's all I got. Yeah, it was, yeah he's a Bengals fan. I'm a Steelers fan. It was mm-hmm. even though we won, it was no room to trash talk. Yeah. We're we're one and three. What yeah. we fucking do? Yeah, what right. they do? Yeah, right. yeah. But Terrible. we zero four, so yeah, y'all be alright. Lose them all at this point. Man. Bench y'all the red be alright. Bench the red. He's right. terrible. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, bro. We always had this type of conversations about. Should college athletes be paid? And I remember there was a time where I was against it. Mm-hmm. And I remember you and your brother Kev would be on my case big time about it. And I just was like, well, you know, they're getting a free education and da-da-da-da. You, your brother Kev, uh, JG, who played uh, football at Bowling Green, would be like, no, bro, it's more than that. It's this, that, and the third. And I couldn't couldn't see it. And it wasn't until... I say maybe like five, six years ago till it just dawned on me like, 
Shit's a fucking ripoff, dude. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shit is the biggest ripoff. So what were you seeing then that I'm just now basically realizing? The money that was being made. Anytime there's a large amount of money being made, you have to think who's not being cut in on that money. And that's any job. That's any any organization, anything. If there's a lot of money being made, somebody's getting shafted. And what's crazy is inside that stadium every Saturday, the biggest performers are the ones getting shafted. Mm-hmm. In no other form of entertainment, because that's what it is, are the main characters or the main actors or the main entertainers not getting a cut. Not in movies, not in music. Music, eh, they're getting something. College athletes not getting any of it. You look at the amount of money that's being brought in through concessions, through tickets, through uh, merchandise, uh, anything, selling programs, they don't get any of it. Mm -hmm. I listened to Rich Eisen tell a story the other day um, on this very subject. He and his wife went to pick up Braylon Edwards from a hotel to go to, to brunch in California one day. He says, as they're driving, down the street on uh, not Sunset, whatever the other street was, the late Cedric Benson, uh, God rest his soul, was walking by himself to go get McDonald's with three dollars he had. Cedric Benson, yeah. damn from Texas, from the uni- while he was at the University of Texas, and Rich Eisen said that crushed him and his wife so much. And you think about that, he was a star. For- Superstar. Oh, yeah. And he has to think of your 19th, you know, inshallah, you have kids one day. God willing, you have kids one day. Think of your 19, 20 year old son in California, you're in Ohio, walking down the street by himself with a few dollars in his pocket to go get a sandwich from McDonald's after he's been performing every Saturday yeah. in Austin, Texas, in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And you probably can turn on the TV and hear his name during the week. Yep. Yeah. And he's on a, a video game or he's, you know, magazine covers or, you know, all this is, is, is some, is, it's, it's crazy. And it's crazy to think that some people are okay with it, but that's where we are. But to see that law get passed in the state of California, like it really brought joy to me because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to, they're proposing one in Florida. Mm-hmm. I just heard. And now I, this guy gets a lot of flack in the state of Ohio from Ohio State fans. I really like the guy, but on this one, he's dead ass wrong. Gene Smith, he's against it. Like, bruh, Dude. you're a millionaire. Yes. Yeah. Every coach on Ohio State's campus is a millionaire. Yes. Why aren't the people that are earning? Because the people are in the seats because of what's going on the field. Yes. Yeah. Not because that coach with the headset on. That's right. Moving, yeah. moving his arms and screaming. They're there because of JT Barrett. They're there because of Braxton Miller. They're there because of Justin Fields. Yes. They're not, yeah. <laughs> they not yes. there to see you write checks. Now, right. I have a question on this topic. How do we segregate collegiate sports? Like, are we just paying football and back, like the, the, the TV sports, or are college athletes going to be included in it? Because I played the other sports. I played the golf sports. The Olympic tennis. sports. I'm just saying, like, there's baseball, there's other sports in college that. That they don't nowhere near make the you know millions of dollars that these you know Division One top tier programs do. 
but they're still college players that's still going to be three dollars in their pocket going to McDonald's, and their roommate might just got a check. Now you know I, that that I don't know, I and I don't have the answer to, but what I say to people that say that, oh man, it's just too difficult. Just because something is too difficult doesn't mean there's not a solution. For sure, there there's gonna have to be a workaround. There's gonna have to be. Um, you know, I know there's an issue with Title IX and women's sports and everything like that, mm-hmm. and I respect that. But just because it's going to be hard doesn't mean it shouldn't happen and it shouldn't be pushed through. The solution, I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that are way smarter than me that can figure out and a decent solution. they got the solution. ball rolling at least. And they got the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think would be yeah. a proper solution? Pay who brings in the money. If you go to a movie... Brad Pitt's not getting paid the same amount as uh, background actor number four. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's not. You Restaurant pay who seat. brings in the money. <laughs> yeah. If football's bringing in the money, football players should get the money. Right. That's, just, that's how it is. Devil's advocate. Okay. Justin Fields is the starting quarterback, mm-hmm. and Johnny Thomas is the third string right guard. Mm-hmm. Who's getting paid more? Devil's advocate. How many Fields jerseys do you see people wearing as opposed to Johnny Thomas jerseys? We watched Charles Woodson in Michigan. Every Saturday, people flooded that stadium with number two jerseys. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't have the name on the back, we're going to sit here and act like we don't know who it is. Right. Pay who's bringing in the money. And you Period. know what the NCAA did? Oh, we'll just take the most popular guy's number off there and we'll just put this year jersey number on there. Like, they always try to come with some type of reach around type of situation yeah. so they don't have to pay the people that deserve to get paid. Look, they already man, got the bag. Yeah, look, man, <laughs> right. I, I, I've been right. to two Big Ten championship games to see the Buckeyes in Indianapolis. The amount of money I'm kicking out on tickets, the amount of money I'm kicking out on concessions, on beers and hotel stays and gas money, and it's all going to them. Mm-hmm. The president of the NCAA is a millionaire. This is supposed to be collegiate, supposed to be all about the athletes and education, scholastic sports and everything like that. Then then you should fucking volunteer. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Kirk Herbstreet's getting paid off of this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Lee Corso's getting paid off this. All these people are getting paid off of this, mm-hmm. this game that I love so much. And one of my favorite video games is gone because... They couldn't come to an agreement mm-hmm. about these people getting some type of compensation besides a scholarship. Yes, a scholarship is great, and for people or that beast by Dre at the bowl. Yeah, yeah, you know all that, saying? all that. See, and that's that's that that's that uh, that's that death row shit. Yeah, that's like what I call mm-hmm. death row shit. We yeah. gonna give you give you gifts. Yeah, gifts. I'm gonna give you some a uh, new iPhone. Ooh, look, look, oh, flat screen TV. Right. Oh, we gonna hook you up in, in a nice dorm room. You happy all now? This, yeah, all this stuff is <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. it's cool, but you know what? I need monetary income. I need exactly. dinero. I need ducats. Yeah. If if I'm in a position where this extra income I can send home to moms and help yeah. out, I some, should be able to do these, that. Some of those guys are stars now versus stars later. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Now's the time to, yeah, and, to and provide. Then, and yes. then you hear, you hear these things about, like, well, they don't need it. Like, look at Johnny Manziel, this, that, and the third. I don't care that Johnny Manziel comes from money. Mm-hmm. He still earned that. Mm-hmm. He's the reason Texas A&M is anything. Yes. Yeah. He's the reason they are even thought about being on CBS on Saturdays. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Not After nobody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody else, facts, dog. Facts. He's the reason. So just because he comes from money doesn't mean he shouldn't get more. Yeah. He earned that. He produced on the field. He's the reason why. People that, yeah, I would still love the Buckeyes if they sucked. Mm-hmm. But the reason majority of people love them is because they're great. Mm-hmm. And they're great because of the players on the field. And they need to be compensated. Yes. Facts. I agree. Yes. That shit is bonkers. What you listening to musically? Um... Mr. R and B. I'm listening to the Sir album. Okay. Um gosh. Of course anything hold always stays <laughs> in the rotation. Um I actually been listening to some not so popular stuff. Uh it's kind of a, a easy listening guy's name is Simmel. Nah. Um, yep. I'm yeah. Hip. I'm hip. Um I've been listening to Simmel a lot. Is it, is lately. a dark skin dude? Is he dark skin? No, nah, he's a white guy. It's a white guy. Uh, he's out of uh, Seattle. Real easy listening. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to Indigo. Okay. I've been listening to Indigo heavy. And I've never been a Chris Brown guy. I didn't hate him or anything or dislike him or anything. But for some reason, I like Indigo. I like I like this album. All 150 tracks? All 9,000. <laughs> um, yeah, I like Indigo a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Griselda guy, so... Benny the Butcher, uh, Conway, any of those guys. Drug rap. Yes, love it. <laughs> love it. Uh, 38 Special, any of those guys, I like it. Um, and I've been watching battle rap, hell, for the last five years. So Speaking real big in, of battle rap. Big, transition, transition, transition. Big battle Shaq rap. Shaq versus uh, Dame Dollar. Body bag. Mm. Who won? Hey, Dame. Dame. <laughs> we got a younger guy in the building, intern A. Dizzle. What's your thoughts on the Dame Dollar Shaq? It's easy, man. It's easy. Y'all know Dame killed it, and we all knew it was going to happen, man. Shaq, Shaq's uh, diss track was, uh, it was all right. I was impressed yeah. by his by his uh, ABC bars. <laughs> <laughs> he had some nice shots, but... Uh, Dame, first of all, the beat was fire. Yes. Like, the, I say original yes. beat. Yeah. It wasn't no just remix. Um, Dame's flow is crazy. I need to know, though, because this has been on my mind. We need a top NBA rappers. What's the top NBA rappers of all time? Uh, that's because a short list. enough of them. <laughs> it's a short list. Kobe. Kobe's number one. <laughs> Dame's number one. That nigga Kobe, when he rapped with Brian McKnight, nigga, that shit was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> shit in a bag. It was terrible. Y'all forgot about that. Play that at Black Tie. No. That yeah. nigga said, you look cut like a sword. I was like, nigga, what? <laughs> Whose mans is this? <laughs> like That's your guy. mans. That's your guy. Don't even mind Shump rap? Why? Pass. <laughs> you know my feelings on Shump. Oh, Shump sure. is my Shump is the second worst player in the NBA. Who's worst? first? Eric Bledsoe is the worst player in the NBA. <laughs> Hold on. I'm glad you said that. I had a full-blown <laughs> argument in the barbershop about Eric Bledsoe. Damn. Trash. This guy in the barbershop was like, he he top 10 point guards. Nigga, Do you huh? know? I said, quit talking to me, man. <laughs> when when Kev said that to me was the week that I won like 150 on DraftKings, and I had Bledsoe in my lineup. So I'm like, man, he ain't that bad. But then, like, he like, wait till, the, wait till these playoffs start. Man. And I saw this dude, like, 
layups was a struggle. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you supposed to be the you, you past that? Dude. Way past that. Dude. Way past that. On a Tuesday night versus the Cavs last year, yeah, he gonna get off. When them damn Raptors came to town, they was like, man, don't even check that nigga. No. <laughs> Self check. Let's triple team Giannis. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, best NBA ra- Dame, Dame number one. Uh my man uh Sacramento Kings went to Duke. Oh. Bagley. Bagley the trade. Bagley's third nice. or whatever. Bagley's nice. After that, eh. <laughs> Oh my Master goodness. P? We don't count no. dudes that played in the preseason. No. <laughs> <laughs> now look, I obviously Dame won in my opinion. Yeah. I think yes, everybody's opinion. Sure. But we cannot disrespect Shaq like that. Shaq had the joint with Big. You can't stop the rain. Can't stop the rain. Classic. He had the joint with Meth and the Rizzi, no hooks. Yes. Had the joint Mm -hmm. with Fushnickens. Yes. So Shaq had some jumps back in the day. Was that Shaq and the Fool? Shaq Fool. Shaq Shaq Fool. I own that, (laughs) for sure. But uh, Dame killed him. Yes. Dang killed him. And it was it was a beautiful thing, yeah, man. Yeah. I listened to it nine times. I'm looking for <laughs> I'm looking for a clean version so I can play it on the radio. Yeah, Dame, Dame. You might got make it. that. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, Dame got it. Now, bro, you lived down in Houston, Texas, but before that you lived in Tampa. Man. Like you got around. Man. How was that process? Like what made you say, I got to I love you, Ohio, <laughs> but I got to go go. Um I really didn't have when I moved to Tampa, I didn't have a plan. Like, I was just going to be a nigga in the way. And my brother saw it and was like, (laughs) you've been down to town. Story time. Story. (laughs) But I I really didn't have a plan. And I was just going to be a nigga in the way. And my brother saw it. And I think my mother saw it, too. And it kind of made my mom a little fearful. Like, uh, what you going to do? I'm grown years old. Just (laughs) here. I don't know. And my brother was like, hey, I'm about to move to Tampa. Um, You should come. I'm like, ah, think about it. And so we went down. He was like, we should go visit first. So we went down to visit uh, for three days. Uh, We got there that Thursday. Didn't do much. Stayed in the hotel. Uh, Friday, uh, me, him, and Simeon went out to eat. Uh, Walked through the mall. That was it. It was real slow. And I'm thinking, Florida. My two ideas of Florida are, or in my mind, or Miami and Orlando. Orlando, kids, kids, tours. Miami, South hey. Beach. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm thinking that Tampa's gonna be like Miami. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> we got there. It was real slow, real quiet, real laid back. A lot of old people. Um, real segregated city. Mm-hmm. Either had money or you didn't. Um, so that last day, my brother and I took a walk. We just start walking, walking on busy ass uh, highway because that's where our hotel was. Walk down to the gas station, walking around, walking around. And right when we got back to the hotel, he was like, dude, if you stay in Cincinnati, you're not going to do shit with your life. And his thing was always to me from the time I was young, don't grow up to be a nothing ass nigga. Mm -hmm. And so that's what he told me. So I flew home the next day and I was sitting on my mom's couch at our apartment and I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta get. The, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm I'm gonna go. And did I go? And I got there, and first year was pretty slow. Um, not much going on. Um, didn't really meet too many people. Uh, the people were a little 
were, were very different. You know, being in the Midwest at that time, you had white and black. That's what we knew. Mm-hmm. So get down there, you got Puerto Ricans, you got Trinidadians, you got Bohemians, you got a lot of island people. You got people from everywhere. So I'm trying to get accustomed. Um, I start going to like these island parties. They playing songs I've never heard. And I've heard a lot of reggae and Tampa stuff like Tony. that. Tony. Hey. Good looking. Good looking. Good looking. And so they playing all this stuff, and I'm like, ah, this shit's weird. So for a hot second, I was like, man, maybe I should move back. And I called my mother, and I was like, Ma, I think I might move back. She was like, no, you're not. And I was like, that, not really? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think. And she was like, where you going to live? <laughs> And that's how my mom was. She was real, matter of fact, real, like, no the fuck you're not. Yeah. You know, that type. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to live back at the house. And she was like, uh, not with me. <laughs> like, Shit. Well, maybe I should stay down here. And so different opportunities start happening and, and coming about. Um, and then I just fell in love with it. It was it was fun. Uh, that second year, that was what, 02 to 03. The Bucks was balling. Mm-hmm. We had every game on the sideline and going to the Super Bowl and Kev coming down to visit and acting a fool in the club. And <laughs> Turn up. I'll tell hey. you, boy, your boy used to be getting in rare form, hey. dog. Yeah. Kev's a married man. Yeah, married, yeah. happily married, married. Yes. On the up and up. Two yeah. thumbs yes. up. Yeah. On the up and up. Because if there was, <laughs> hey, this is a story. I'm not going to tell it. But there's a story. From in the club. What was it? Blue Martini. Blue Martini. <laughs> Blue Martini. Hey. Hey. Rare form. Hey. Rare form. Hey. <laughs> it was about to be some situations. Situations and repercussions. And, um, and thank goodness that did not happen. Yeah. RDP. Tide went on one weekend. So we had a good time, man. Florida. Um, once I, But once I got accustomed to being away from from the Midwest and all that, I was like, hell, if I'm ready to move anytime, I, I just up and go. I was fine with it. You know, I w- wasn't fearful of it or nothing. Um, so it made that transition to moving to Texas that much easier. Uh, plus my son was there. Uh, my wife, well, now my wife was there. So it was time for me to go anyway. And so I, I really didn't want to be in the Midwest no more. And so now I'm in the mean streets of Pearland, Texas, <laughs> right outside of Houston. Chopped and screwed? Hey, chopped and screwed. <laughs> You talking about like he fall- got me hip to chopped and screw. You talking about falling in love with music <laughs> when I went to Oklahoma in the military. You know, just kind of that southern, mm-hmm. that side of the southern vibe. You know, it was just kind of like before I knew it, I'm I'm at home like playing stuff, coming to Dayton, riding ride up on people. They're like, bro, what the <laughs> hell are you playing? Like y'all not hip? Like, yes. <laughs> and yeah. Ain't no no better feeling than that. Playing yeah. something new and people like, what is that? Like, are you not hip? Like, <laughs> fucking like, lame. Like, you should just see 10, minutes, 10 seconds of this in the club or back in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, Texas yeah. is a cool place, though. It's you hot like, all the time. Like, you like it? I love it. Yeah. I love it. Other than the flooding and, and all that. but Yeah, y'all just experienced some more flooding. Yeah. Yeah. Hurricane Harvey like was super scary. Uh, it was my first situation being in something like that. Yeah. Um it's probably the, the scariest I've ever been in my life when it comes to like a natural disaster. Yeah. And we had our scariest moments here. Yeah. You know, yeah. Memorial Day weekend. So Yeah. It was yeah, it was crazy. To, I had never seen that much water in my life. In my life. And it How was much like, did you get where you was at? Um 
that first night it started raining. And so my neighborhood, they have these retention uh, ponds and all that mm-hmm. and this drainage system. And that's one of the selling points is our neighborhood will never flood. That's so, how they get you. So <laughs> that first night it started raining. Um, probably about two feet of water. Like I couldn't see the street. And then like 15 minutes later, boom, it was gone. And I was like, oh, we sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Harvey. You know, so that's how I'm feeling. And then I went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night. And I had never seen that much water. It was probably about four feet of water at the time. I couldn't see the street and it started moving up my driveway. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, it's getting serious. So I went, I finally was able to go back to sleep. And I woke up that next morning and there's a, a fire hydrant across the street from my house. And you know how, how a fire hydrant yeah. I couldn't see it. Like it was gone. gone. Yeah. And so at that point I started getting nervous because my neighbor across the street, uh, they were older and they had started moving stuff out their garage through water outside to take it to the mm. top of their house. Mm. And I was like, man. And my wife was like, we might need to start moving stuff to the attic. So we moving a whole bunch of stuff out the garage. And we're trying to scoot our my truck up even further. Her car's in the garage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it's not stopping. And I remember sitting on my couch and saying, God, just let it stop for like 30 minutes. Let it stop raining for 30 minutes. And it didn't. Kept going, kept going, kept going. Um, and I remember watching the news and my job, where my job is, I couldn't see, like, they showed it, but none of the buildings were there. Wow. Damn. And I was like, damn. And there's a, a, a main street right in front of my job called Highway 518. And there were boats on 518. And I'm like, shit. I was like, it's bad. Yeah. And I remember calling the job. And somebody answered and was like, it's like all of it's about to be gone. Like, everything's about to be gone. Like, it won't be here. And the lady I was talking to, she was like, the gas station down the street is gone. And it's the gas station we always went to. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't know if they were able to get out because they were there last night. She was like, I ran down there last night before the water got too high. She was like, but it's not there anymore. And, I mean, you think about it, for that to be underwater and it's probably maybe 15 feet. The ceiling is 15 feet. Wow. So to not see any of that, to see water in certain areas up to the traffic lights and all that, I'm like, this is bad. Yeah. And. Like, the thing that had me, like, really emotional, I went in my backyard. Now, my backyard didn't hold water because it sits, like, on a slope. Mm -hmm. But we have a brick wall in the back of my house, and there's a main street out there. And I took, like, um, it's almost like a step ladder. Took it out there because I just wanted to look over the wall and see what the street looked like. And I put the ladder in the ground or the step stool in the ground, and it just, like, starts sinking. But I was able to climb up a little bit. And the view when I looked over the wall and I couldn't see anything but water. But on a regular day, it's a street, it's other houses, it's just stuff. Mm-hmm. And to not be able to see anything but water mm. and like be looking and be like, okay, if this keeps up in probably about another two hours, this water is going to be over my wall. Right. And my wall is maybe eight feet high in my backyard. So I'm like, that's it. I'm like, this is, this is how it's going to go. Um, and my daughter was young at the time. My daughter was about to turn a year. Um, and 
I knew like, hey, if things don't get better, I gotta we gotta figure out a way to get a formula, get a stuff like that. So that next day when it rained stopped, but it was still a lot of water, I walked from my house because I got a call uh from a guy saying that there's a grocery store we have called H E B. It's like the H E B down on uh Shadow Creek Parkway is open, but you you can't drive, of course. You got to walk. They're only letting like 40 people in at a time. You have to wait in line and you can't spend more, I think, than $30. So I'm like, okay. So I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to walk. She was like, nah, I don't do it. I was like, what the hell are we going to do? Mm-hmm. So put on some boots, some two pair of sweatpants, a hoodie and a jacket <laughs> and a hat. Um, and I start walking. And I walked all the way down uh, Main, oh, I'm sorry, Broadway. Uh, water in certain points was like almost to my waist. Damn. And from my house to H-E-B, maybe two and a half miles. So, and the water, water yeah, and the Ooh. water is like freezing. Yeah. It's cold. And there's this weird smell out there. And so I walk, um, I get there, and the line is so long. And I'm like, damn. And that's when it hit me like, I've only seen stuff like this on the news in foreign countries. Yeah. And I was like, but shit, I'm in it now. Mm-hmm. And I got in line and I'm freezing. Like it's freezing. Even though it's summertime, cause it's August 20, at that time it was like August 28th. Cause it hit on August 26th. So it's like August 28th, normal Houston heat, which is hundreds. And I'm sitting there and I'm freezing. And the lady in front of me had a kid. Kids crying. I'm like, damn, this is for real. Yeah. Get in there, get what I need. Cause I had a backpack. I put the stuff in the backpack and I just walked back home. And I remember walking into my garage when I got there. And I I wanted to cry, but I was like, no punk bitch. I ain't gonna cry. <laughs> but I really wanted to. I was like, damn, this is this is serious. Yeah. Um and then eventually water start going down and like you come out our neighborhood and you just see stranded cars, abandoned cars, just stuff. Just devastation. Yep. Mud everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, damn, man. Stuff that was there the day before no longer appears. We got expressways, like overpasses torn down, gas stations and stores gone, people dead. It was just... It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. But yeah. other than that, man, I love Houston. Yeah. I love it. It's big. It's growing, ain't it? It ain't man. stopping. It's, it's everybody hey. everybody on the move to two places to see me. Man. Atlanta and Houston. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just happy to be home for Black Time. Hey. Big facts, big facts. We don't want to close on a somber note, but I do have to ask you your feelings about this whole Amber Geyer situation. I mean, you down in Texas, she was in she was a former Dallas police officer, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that? I know you got some feelings, some thoughts, <laughs> some expressions. Express yourself. Um, That's what we hear, folks. I personally, it, it, it's what I thought it would be. Really? It is. I mean, at, at what point do we start to think, oh, it's going to be different this time? Nah. You know what I noticed? Everybody has a code of silence. But when it comes to us, they don't want us to have it. Mm. Blue wall of silence. Police don't turn on each other, don't say nothing. The mob, 
don't say nothing, don't rat, nothing like that. But when it comes to us, something totally different. You should tell. If this is going on, you should tell, yada, yada, yada. So the rules are always different for us is what I'm trying to say. Um, this is what I thought would happen. And what's crazy is you have people supporting her, uh, like somebody had a GoFundMe account, Back the Blue, whatever, like raising money and supporting her and all that. The thing crazy. that I think really ran me hot, and this I know is going to be an unpopular opinion, an unpopular thing to say. All the forgiveness and hugging and shit, that shit irked me, man. Shit bothers me. I'm on your side on that. That shit irks me so bad. We as black people are the most forgivingest. Let's pray for them. And I'm cool. It's cool if that's that's your thing. You want to pray? That's cool, I guess. <laughs> I'm not of that belief. Um, but it was like to watch a black judge come from where she's sitting to hug a murderer. Yeah. To watch uh, another black officer. I don't know if she was a bailiff or what. Cold fix man. her hair and all that. To watch... That man, God rest his soul, his family talk about, we forgive you. I don't want you to go to jail. What? At what point do we say, you know what? All this forgiveness and let me pray for it. That shit don't work. We've tried everything. We've tried marching. We've tried uh, bake sales, uh, hand holding, <laughs> kneeling. Yeah. We didn't try everything, but giving it how we get it. Yeah. And that's my, uh, I'm of that belief. From my perspective, I it feels like a cruel joke. Because yesterday, guilty. You said, like, yeah, yeah, about fucking time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was an open and shut case. I mean, she ran into the motherfucking apartment, killed him. I mean, it really wasn't that hard. But yeah, he, bitch ain't getting off. And then the next day, you see the combing of the hair. You see the hugs. And right. you, you hear 10 years. Now, from my perspective... I'm not going to knock a family in their grieving process. If this is how they choose to grieve and they're close with the Lord and this is how they grieve and this is how they express themselves, I'm with it. Hey, that's you. You're better people than me. Yeah. The judge, the bailiff, nah, bro. Y'all got a job to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sit your ass up there. Dish out them years. You sit over there yes. and you make sure everybody stays in line as a bailiff. Yeah. All yes. that other shit. No, nah, I've yeah. never seen anything like that before. You ain't see OJ get no fucking hug. Right, right. And, he was, and, and, and the 10 years, that's on some manslaughter type of stuff. Manslaughter mm -hmm. is for accidents. Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't, you ran a red light, you didn't mean to, you killed somebody. Yeah, man, my bad, I'm fucked up, it's a mistake. All right, we're going to charge you with manslaughter, you guilty, do this 10-year bid, and see you when I see you. She got... Guilty of murder. Yeah. She should be underneath the jail, and people that hold a badge should be held to a higher standard. And I do get sick of this lingo from police officers saying, I was scared for my life. Well, you know what? Mm, you're a police officer. Mm -hmm. Kind of signed up for that part of the gig. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's like, you don't hear firefighters saying that. Mm -hmm. yeah. They go do the job, and they handle the business that needs to be handled. But, like, it just seems like whenever a police officer is in a situation, all they got to do, I was scared for my life. That's why I killed a man. That's, oh, that's that, it. That's the sentence you're taught. Yeah. Say, you know what I'm saying? And, my, I was and telling, that, that irks me. I was telling my wife, we just kind of sat down. In, in my 37 years of life, you know, I done been to 35, 40 states, people's houses, been to probably six, seven countries. 
I ain't never walked in nobody's spot and been like, damn, it looks just like my house. Yes. Never once in my life. Every house has a smell. Yes. You know the smell <laughs> and the look of your house when you yeah. walk in. Both of yeah. y'all just made excellent points. Yeah, I've never once did that. Dude. So so for that to be the just the oh the wrong place, you know, man. Right. Come on. And then like you say, the I I don't mind an eighteen year old brother expressing himself how he see fit. You know what I'm saying? He he learned how to become a man. You know, he he was young and expressing himself. But to see people of authority Mm-mm. uh crying on the stand, Mm-mm. bringing you a Bible, start with this, give me give me some love, like, man. No, bro. Yeah. That shit is that shit is. I read super an article, weak. man, a guy got forty five years for killing a police dog. Yes. Yes. And we giving five served. You know what I'm saying? She gonna she got ten. She, yeah. she gonna she gonna do five. She ain't doing ten. She'll do five. For TDC. some for someone that look like me, he's life. Yes. That shit it's is terrible. crazy. Yeah. Terrible. So let's land on a lighter note. Both of y'all have something in common. Neither one of you niggas wear socks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? I do some. I, I don't wear white socks. I don't wear white socks. I just hate how they feel on my feet. I'm the same. Like if I could walk around barefoot and people would yes. judge me, I probably would. Me too. I'm the. I kick off my shoes and socks as soon, soon. as I can. Yes. And uh, I don't care what nobody say. Yes. Like like my. I, I think some of that too. I'm not trying to be funny, but it's for real. I was raised by white people. You know, what I'm saying my mother is white. My family that I know is white. You know. They quick to put their feet on whatever. You know what I'm saying? So just the upbringing is like, you know, I just like to feel free. Know, yeah. I don't like, I don't like like hours and hours of sock wear. You know? No. No. <laughs> like when I was in the military and when I, like, especially in Iraq, like I had to like take my boots off, but it's, you know, desert and dirt and 100 degrees. And it's like, let me get two uh, milk crates and prop these feet on up and air them out. Like I just, I'm I'm a shoeless. Yes. If if I if I could wear these, these slides in here with no socks every Sunday, you wouldn't judge me. I would. I would. That's you, how I fly. Do do you slides? Do you? But I'm still gonna judge. It's like slides. I hate shoes. I hate shoes and socks. When I travel, slides. Yes. With no socks, majority. Of the time. Whoa. Majority. Of the time. You fly a lot too, bro. Hey. I hate stuff on my feet, man. Oh my god. Yeah. Let these dogs out. I feel you, man. Black Tie Weekend, baby. Yes. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Yes. Yes. Y'all good? Y'all excited? What's the the deal? Got the outfit ready. Oh, you got it laid out? Hey. Cleaner than a clap, doctor. (laughs) Man. (laughs) You going to see me? I'm going to see you, baby. I'm going to see you in the building, man. I'm just trying to determine my alcohol intake with this busy weekend. Oh, I'm getting faded. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting hammered. Yeah. There it is. Uber everywhere. Hey. That's Somebody wife, drive. What the wife's fault. Somebody, <laughs> <laughs> hey, some of these young capos finna hey. Come on, man. Yeah. Garcon. <laughs> Garcon, let's go. Well, there it is. Another edition. You can't make this up podcast. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. We out. Peace.